Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Francisco here with Andrew. Andrew. Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> and uh, we got our, we finally got our, our third person to the to the crew here with uh, Charles to uh, introduce yourself, dude. All right, uh, I'm Charles. That's it. That's all I got for you. I don't know if we get the cool nicknames yet, but you're calling me Charles the True, Poppy Charlo. I don't know. I'll get my Russell persona out there, but. I'm just happy to be here and think that you guys think that I'm valuable enough to be part of the team because I just run my mouth. He just uh, loves, he's just one of us that just loves to talk about sports for no good reason whatsoever other than that. I just don't want to do my work. Um, I'll add that the reason we know him is he was in the class ahead of us in law school. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember meeting Charles for the first time in the parking garage and being like, does the suffering... Does it end at any point? And he was basically like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was the person that they asked to not be in the law library when they were doing tours for young prospective children who think about lawyers. I'm like, your soul, you can't get it back when you just sell it to the devil. And it's kind of the same way with today. All right. So uh, we've got a slew of topics here. But actually, since Charles is here, I actually wanted to – Charles, give your affiliations, your favorite baseball, hockey, basketball, football, and college teams, just so people know how how to hate you. Okay, so for anybody who's Miami based, you're probably going to hate me in baseball because I'm a Yankees fan. There you go. I'm originally from New York. It's raised, it's institutionalized. You're, 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 you know, one of your owners, assume for to the owns, is now, he's really working for us. He's a double agent. So, haha to you. Um, I'm a Titans fan of football, but I can pretty much watch the sport for any team. Um, but if the Titans fan, fantasy football affects you, that's why I try to quit. Hockey, I kind of just watch it come and go. I live vicariously through Francisco and his pain with the Florida Panthers. Oh, God. Um, basketball, you know, basketball, it's really kind of like the heat and bust, but I, you know, it's one of those sports I can watch almost every other team. And then college football, I mean, the U, even though I didn't go there, I lived in Miami for a couple of years, you just. It's infectious. We're just there. It's fun. But pretty much, I'm always open uh, to whatever sports if it's good. And then we go down the list with everything else. We'll see. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, we actually have the, not much of a slate for the big boys tonight in professional sports. We've got, uh, I think, like 15 games between the NHL and the NBA. Uh, uh, the Heat do play tonight against uh the atlanta hawks and they lost against the hawks before so I'm, I'm fully on the tank brigade for the heat i'm on the tank brigade for the dolphins um and i'm gosh I, I just love running that tank man <laughs> if i am the as the first instance that the, a team is just doing horribly i'm like you know what just tank you know just let's you know rack up those draft picks you know sell everyone off for uh, to the highest bidder and that's it. Uh, and then we've got a slew of college basketball. There's like 50 college basketball games on tonight. From yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll actually go through some of those weird college basketball names that we we know and love. That's kind of been our new kind of semi segment. Is uh, you very obscure, me, right? You asking me the names of these? You telling me the names of these and schools? We'll and see I'm if Charles can figure out some of the names of these schools, or at least. Uh, we'll give him the name of the school, like the the, the region, and then he'll we'll see if uh, he can guess the team name. 
Um, I mean, you could have a fun game just figuring out, you know, where the places are located. <laughs> yeah. After time, I'm lost. Yeah, that's that's even harder of a game. And then uh, round out, there's some women's college basketball, and then um, some, uh, I think, what, five American Hockey League games, and like I don't know, some NBA G League games if you're into that. Um, and then I'll also add that tonight is the inaugural quarterback draft for the Alliance of American Football, which starts next season. And how many teams are in that? Eight. Eight teams. Is um, there one in Florida? At least, at least in the state, like in Orlando or? Actually, yes, it is in Orlando. Oh, okay. It's the Orlando Apollos. Okay. They're okay. playing out of the Citrus Bowl, I'm assuming? Spectrum Stadium. UCF Stadium. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So that's a thing. Uh, like I said, and Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, is Orlando's head coach. <laughs> okay. Gosh. Any Anything to... As, as long as the check clears, I'm assuming. Um, hey. And in case you're wondering, the teams are Atlanta, Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando. They call themselves Arizona, but they're based out of Tempe, uh, Salt Lake, uh, San Antonio, and San Diego. All right. So just, okay, I can see San Diego, uh, you know, charges have left, even though nobody wants yeah. them in L.A. The, what was it, Atlanta? That'll be interesting. See if they survive. But Falcons are terrible right now, so why not? Uh, Birmingham, Alabama. That's kind of like a... I mean, did, did they have a CFL team at one point? No. No. Who, Birmingham? When, CF, when, when the Canadian Football League expanded to the USA. I know they had a team in Baltimore. I don't know if they had another team someplace else. In like Birmingham, Alabama. You're right. They did have a team. There you go. They had the Birmingham Barracudas in 1995. Okay. Is, gosh, is Birmingham anywhere near the ocean to have Barracudas? I'm not even sure. Not even close. Well, it's close to the Gulf. Okay. All right. Um, Actually, not even. <laughs> it's in the middle of <laughs> Alabama. Okay, so uh, it's Alabama. I'm sure they... They didn't know exactly where they were standing in the, in geography-wise. Um, <laughs> all right, so we've got, um, I guess the big topics are football because we are coming towards the end of, well, we're, we're getting to our bowl games at the end of uh, college football and the conference title games. And then we've got the NFL, which uh, has some, some teams actually wrapping up some of their playoff seeds and teams that are fighting for wild card spots so i don't know you want to start with college football guys sure why not yeah. all right so so ucf uh <laughs> we're gonna start there dude because we got to uh the devastating injury to your qb like like it was hard to watch yeah i saw that live i wasn't there at the game uh but i saw it on tv and I knew right away that that something was wrong. Your leg is not supposed to do that. Yeah, it's, it's how I felt with Vincent Trocek. I saw his leg bend in the way that it was not supposed to, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember feeling that when I broke my leg in 
playing baseball. So <laughs> you broke your leg. Yeah, that's why I have a metal plate in my right leg because um, um, I was stealing third base because it was a pass ball from the catcher. The catcher missed it. I slid into third base. You know how third base is supposed to like it's supposed to pop off. You know when you it didn't. Ooh. So my leg had to move somewhere, and it it moved in a direction it shouldn't have. Right. Um, and thus uh, that's how I got a metal plate in my leg and. How I have to answer to TSA every time I go through. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it, good news is it could have been a lot worse. Um, although it was pretty bad. Um, it was a dislocated knee, which uh, ended up uh, blocking the blood flow to the rest of his leg. Dear Lord. Um, and it damaged some of his nerves in the knee. He underwent emergency that day uh, just to restore blood flow to the leg and he's going to undergo reconstructive surgery at a future date to fix the knee so obviously um, it's or whether he'll even become be able to come back at all yeah. hey shin godzilla what's up how you doing man hey sort of uh, chibi anime right there, but I don't know what it is. It's some anime girl, but sure. <laughs> um, uh, so gosh, man, do you? Th so what is how what is the spell for UCF now with the with the win win uh, winning streak? Well, right now, a lot of UCF fans. The big thing is we just want to make sure that Mackenzie is healthy. And right now it looks like it is. You know, he's he's stable. The hospital said he's in good condition. He, he supposedly walked the other day, although nobody knows if he was actually walking with his leg. He was if he was under his own power, if someone was helping him, if he was on crutches. But just the fact that he got out of bed is huge. So, but going back to the football aspect of things. We have a pretty good quarterback, our backup, Daryl Mack. He's more of a mobile quarterback than McKenzie is, and he's much larger than McKenzie. Um, I don't know his exact stats of height and weight, but he he can he can take a hit. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, earlier this season, uh, when we were playing UConn, he actually ran a 70-yard touchdown. Admittedly, it was in garbage time, but still, it shows that he, despite his size, he is fairly quick. Okay. Um, so, not all hope is lost. Um, that being said, you know, it, you know, and um, there's that talk that you guys would possibly face the Gators in your bowl game. I say bring it. I'd love to see that. I, I've told. We actually talked about it last week. Um, and this is where I put the card on the freaking YouTube page right here uh, for our last episode because supposedly that's one of the things they told me to do when you're trying to improve your channel. Um, so I'm all for I'm on UCF. I'll be wearing black and gold and whatever. I, I'll uh, I'll say the I'll, I'll take out the golden from your names and say it right. Thank you. If you guys can freaking beat the Gators and and embarrass them because they embarrassed Florida State 
We're not going to a bowl game for the first time in 36 years. But you know what? Good on them because they don't deserve to go to a bowl game. Okay? I, I'm holding this team accountable because I'm still paying my student loans and they better win, <laughs> damn it. Well, I will say that... Um, what was I going to say? I kind of have... It's a bit of schadenfreude for me. I'm not sure if that's how, how you pronounce it. Uh, because Willie Taggart who's FSU's current head coach, he used to coach USF, who was UCF's main rival. And there was one game, I think it was 2015. Um, no, 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 it was 2016. Yeah, it was 2016, where he just went up and ran, ran up the score when he didn't need to, and that ticked a lot of us off. So it's... We were happy to see him getting his just desserts. He's oh, he got desserts all right. Mm -hmm. uh, very few people in Tallahassee like him right now. There are actually some people who want him fired. So, <laughs> uh, I say give the guy his, you know, his customary three seasons to you know get his own recruiting class and have his guys, uh, you know, become sophomores and juniors or and it'll make you you know things get better as seniors and see what happens but uh i mean i agree i think it's it's uh it's hasty to fire somebody after one season i think it's even hasty to fire after three seasons i think you should get a full recruiting class to go through um and if you can't do something then you should get the boot uh yep Tired, forever tired. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's always kind of how it is sometimes, though. You know, when you're talking about college and you have big reputable names, because, you know, last year, Frank, uh, Mark Rick had, he's come from Georgia. Uh, you know, people know him. It's like, okay, he's a confident guy for UM. And then all of a sudden, he gets them higher in the standings than expected. Well, last year, this year, was 75. Mm -hmm. We've seen the whole game. They're already ready to fire. He's a fan of the quarterback situation. Coach Perry, um, there's a lot of expectations, especially when you're a bigger name. Right. Yeah, I mean, gosh, UM. I mean, gosh, people are or people are already sick of Mark Richt. Um, this is what his third season now. Is uh, it? I believe, I believe it was his third season. Or yeah. Ask him because I I know last year, um, last year was the pop off. You know, the idea was when they fired Al Golden, they're like, okay, great, we don't want him. You hire somebody who's more established in the SEC when he was with Georgia, okay, something's going on. Right. Um, and you have familiarity with the U. It's just part of the thing is when you're hiring a guy as your coach, it's really for the recruiting skills. What can they bring to the table? So Tagger, you know, he needs his moment to suck because Jimbo Fisher just left. He just had it out to, you know, greener pastures in his eyes, a little bit more money. So, right. You know, tag, I don't remember exactly what Tagger's contract is, but – the idea is that are you playing for a better recruiting class for the future? Or are you looking for immediate results? And sometimes the brand name of your school and program puts that undue pressure on them. Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, the Hurricanes were, and, and people down here were like uber excited. My um, uh, my cousin who actually played for FAU football um, mm -hmm. back in the day, I guess like the first one or two classes under Schnellenberger but whatever that's an aside he's a massive Hurricanes fan and you know he's he, he obviously gives it to me because you know Florida State UM 
but uh, gosh, the guy was th thinking, man, we are going to a national championship. And you hear on the sports radio here, I mean, it, uh, gosh, it, like it was so prevalent that you, like it was all over the place, the turnover chain, just these this expectation that they're back, they're finally back, they're finally back. They're, and then it all fell apart for many reasons. Uh, one, um, the whole QB situation with... Uh, with Perry and Rozier, um, um, but you know, oh, but it's uh, it's possibly the. Uh, I just have a quick question for yeah. anyone watching. Can you just let us know if if we're if we're streaming or if we're frozen? We're having some technical technical difficulties on our end. So we're not a hundred percent sure if we're streaming or not. I mean, guys can check. We guys can keep talking. I can check real quick while you guys um, talk about. Uh, you got the rookie QB situation with. That's another topic we actually want to talk about because it's kind of. I don't want to get into the Dolphins of terrible segment yet, but <laughs> <laughs> the rookie QBs in the NHL or in the NFL, really the NFL, doy. That it's just that. There's so many, this recruiting class, or I guess this draft class, has so many guys that we could be hearing about for the next few years that it's it's kind of interesting what's going on. Um, you got Mahomes out in Kansas City. You got, um, I don't know, Sam Darnold, but he's out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This year's draft, we had five QBs taken in the first round. A lot of them were obviously the teams, and some of them took somebody a little bit too high. You know, for me, that was Lamar Jackson going to the Ravens. And each one now, all five of them are starting or have started in spurts. You know, if it's not for injury or just, you know, it's not for time to end it, it's entering time of development. And you're starting to see what they're kind of doing the table, if they're worth their drafts as a Baker Mayfield. You know, I feel he's not, I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year overall. I think that goes to safe point market, but Mayfield kind of seems like a good pick. You know, he was good coming out of Oklahoma. He was accurate. He had that moxie. You know, my concern was his behavior issues because he, you know, he got a lot of trouble off the field in college. And, but he's looking like this defensive future. Well, he has somebody with Lamar Jackson for the Ravens right now. Okay, yes, they've won two games straight up again. His stats leave a lot to be decided if you're looking for a pure passing quarterback. Um, his hybridness of being a runner and a passer helps out. He's got issues with accuracy. But the idea is that, okay, Joe Flacco comes in and he's healthy. Are you going to keep him? Are you going to let, you know, ride the hot hand behind Lamar's legs? I mean, everybody kind of falls in between. Josh Allen, he's not on a good Bills team, but he has grit. Then they pulled out a couple wins against Cleveland against my Titans, which not everybody expected. Um, but he's trying. You know, Sam Donald, he's turnover prone, but that was not coming out of USC. I felt that he was the best quality passer coming into the draft. I think his stats are a little bit of a product of Todd Bowles putting pressure on him and also the lack of receiving there. Josh Rosen, I, I didn't feel he would, he didn't wow me when he was in college, and I still think that Arizona kind of reached a little bit. You know, when they signed Sam Bradford, he was supposed to be that placement to kind of teach him, and then they got him in the bathroom, and then comes Rose and doing his own thing, and they're not looking good. So it's, you got these young QBs, how are you going to measure them? You wait till year two, where you have similar situations like Mitchell Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes, or in year three, you got Jared Goff just killed it, 
or are you going to base their success you know, on what they might be right now from the handful of games? Because, you know, aside from Jackson, a lot of these guys have started more than five games a season, so you get an idea of who they could be as a regular player, and then who the player they might be under another year on the same system or with weapons around them. I think I agree with everything you said. The only awesome. problem is I don't really follow the NFL as closely as you do, so... I don't know. Well, you know, what I'll argue, the idea is that a lot of teams, including the Dolphins, are always searching for that franchise quarterback. You know, the idea that a franchise quarterback is going to be the face of the franchise, the guy who checks off all the important things that will help him make the push to be marketable, to be in the playoff running, and to go deep in the playoffs each year. So, you know, you have guys who are willing to trade up and give up all these drop picks that are in a way mortgaging their future uh, to make it years to come. Current examples when the Philadelphia Eagles traded so many picks to the Titans for their pick in the draft. Um, Actually, I'm sorry, I might be a misquote on that one. It might have been the Rams going to the Titans to get Jared Goff, but the Eagles had done similar things. You had two franchises that traded so many picks to get these prolific guys. And look, the Eagles, you know, they got. Carson Wentz um, out of it. They got a Super Bowl. Yes, he wasn't playing the playoffs, but he delivered enough in the season, had enough momentum to ride out. And then Jared Goff, he might be a Super Bowl MVP at the end of this year when we have the inevitable, is it going to be the Rams versus Chiefs part two, which would be fantastic to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're... And just a, a side, guys, uh, we got some technical difficulties with... Like, we can hear, but this freaking video is not Actually, let me see if I can do some things, but um, uh, some things to kind of lighten the load on this thing. Give me a second. Oh, they just released the college football playoff rankings. I'll go pull those up right now. Really? I'm trying to see where they popped in UCF because I feel that with. Um, Milton being injured, there's going to be some biasness. Maybe they want to rank him lower than where they initially should be if he was there. That's the kind of the danger there with um, what's going on. I mean, maybe because they were number nine, right? Last... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we've got here. So I think we're back on track, guys, finally. Um, uh, I think might have been an issue with uh, the internet connection. But, you know, back to normal. So kind of funny. I'm using my, my works high-speed internet. It should be, gosh, I got to call Comcast now. <laughs> <laughs> gosh. Freaking flyers. Um, All right, let's see what we got. Um, UCF's number eight. Number eight? Yeah. Okay. So one spot up. I'm sure. I'm sure the performance after against USF and still being able to beat them maybe kind of instilled some sort of confidence in the squad that they can at least hold it together. I mean, we still beat them by 20 plus points. Yeah. Um, in spite of the fact that we lost him early in the second quarter. 
but some, as some people on the UCF Twitter are mentioning, we still find it extremely hard to believe that the Michigan Wolverines, who are absolutely demolished by OSU, is still ranked ahead of us, and OSU is still ranked behind us. Yeah, I mean, that's the politics of it, you know. Uh, something I wanted to comment on, but then left me and they came back in, is just, it's very important for UCF to have this now because you don't know the longevity of the program and being a powerhouse football program, if we can call it a powerhouse football program. So for a team like Michigan, who lost two games, got smoked against their rival, the important game that, you know, Harbaugh and a few other people who are fans of Michigan felt that they were going to win now, was going to be their year, to get shown up in the worst way you know I, I can understand the college football they might not buy into the hype of ucf but you've gotten two years basically we're almost undefeated if you if you play it out you're two years undefeated and you're not showing the respect in maybe you don't want to rank them ahead of ohio state okay i get that maybe you want to rank them ahead of georgia okay i get that but you're not getting the true you're not helping ucf become a program if you're not giving them real competition because you have to test that right it's like being a it's like being a kid, like, oh, hey, you know, can I have this? Not too late. Okay, try it. You don't like it. Sorry. You know, see if UCF can handle the challenge, especially, and I'll give credit to Weppel. I think that's how you say his name, the coach over there at UCF, for being able to keep his team consistent in the face of adversity. And you're not going to give him the opportunity to be ranked and go against a better competition. I don't know. Right. Well, part of the problem is teams are setting these schedules literally decades in advance. True. Um, I think I think Notre Dame already has a a game scheduled for 2030 for the 2030s. Yes. And uh, it's it's tough because we scheduled Pitt and North Carolina. Um, well, the North Carolina game fell out uh, fell through because of the hurricane. But we scheduled them and we scheduled Pitt back when they were, you know, competing for conference championships. They were having nine win, eight win, nine win seasons. And uh, it, it, you, you can't know five years in advance whether a team is going to be good or not. And on the other hand, we're doing well right now. So teams like Alabama or Oklahoma... They don't. They want an easy win with their out with their out, out of conference schedules. Yeah, I mean that's mm -hmm. why Alabama played the Citadel. Nothing against Citadel, but it's Citadel it. is not a nowhere even close in competition to Alabama. Again, my apologies to the Citadel. Although you did keep it as you did tie them seventeen seventeen at the half, so that's awesome. You did better than LSU and Mississippi State. So, props to the Bulldogs. Um, but teams like Alabama, like I said, they don't want a, a hard battle like that. They they want to save like three of their two or three of their games for high quality opponents just to raise their strength of schedule, and then they want one or two games as cupcakes. Um, I mean, even FSU had their cupcake and they almost lost. By the way. Um. <laughs> yeah, we almost did. <laughs> no, I can admit when we suck. So it, 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 
I mean, I guess I can kind of understand where their t these teams are coming from. They don't want to face a team that even has a remote possibility of beating them. Uh, they don't want to pay somebody to beat them. Right. So we're kind of in a... We're stuck between a rock and a hard place because we are too good for these teams to want to face us. But even when teams do face us, a dude decides to face us, They we can't know if they're going to be any good or not in five, six years when we actually do end up playing them. And then... Believe it or not, this is a crazy argument. Sorry, I'm on a rant here, but this is... This <laughs> this is, is this, no, he thinks about this a ton. This is two seasons worth of frustration being let out here, so uh, I'll be done in a sec. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? You're pissed off and you don't... Eat. You're not going to take it anymore. Well, right. take it. Um, I would quote the original line from the movie, but I don't want to get censored or anything. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I had a, oh, yeah. So people on Twitter all the time are saying, oh, you should just join the Big 12 or you should join the ACC. They don't realize it's not in our control. We can't just go on Indeed.com and the collegefootballindeed.com and say, hey, I'd like to apply for a position in your conference. They have to reach out to us. And for instance, a couple of years ago, I think it was in it was 2015 or 2016, I can't remember, the Big 12, they had narrowed they wanted to expand potentially from 10 teams to 12 teams and they had a short list of eight teams we were on there and they decided you know what we're not going to expand so what can we do if nobody's going to take us we can't do anything yeah. so I mean, I that in of itself is an extremely stupid argument yeah. um i don't know i think my rant's done here i've, I've said what i've needed to say Okay. Um, would you guys care to comment? I just want to comment on one thing and something that you're saying. I don't know. I don't correct, but you can't just leave to go into the conference. So I think the original intention of going to the football playoffs was to have a little bit of fairness that comes into it. The best team should play the best team. I mean, I know it doesn't work that way, but I think it's important for a team that goes undefeated two seasons to actually have a chance for potential. Uh, I agree. And I'm not a big person who subscribes to the transitive property sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a website where you can do that, and we've actually looked at we've it. We've looked at it, and you could make any argument. You could say that the Citadel is better than Alabama or FIU is better than Alabama. You can find literally any potential argument to say that Team A is better than Team B. Uh, so I don't usually subscribe to that, but in this case, and I could just be biased, I, I do, because Auburn demolished the two teams in the national championship, and I don't want to say we demolished them because it was a one-possession game at the end, all right, sorry folks, uh, had some technical difficulties. Um, all right, so...
college football, we're all in agreement that it could be better. Could be better. Could be um, much more fair in regards to finding out who actually is the best in this uh, crazy world. But we kind of want to segue into NBA talk. There is NBA action tonight. Uh, the Miami Heat, especially because um, they're facing the Atlanta Hawks, but their Heat are in kind of a kind of a fun situation where. They might, for for everything that they've tried to do with this kind of mediocre cast of characters that they've put together, they may actually suck enough to get a top five draft pick in the draft. Which, Which is a weird situation for them at this point. And totally not their plan. It really was no. not their plan. They were not planning to tank in any way whatsoever. But maybe, just maybe, they might have assembled a team that is just straight up bad. And, and, well, you know, the, the irony on that real quickly is that these are the same guys, basically, for the last three years. I mean, Wade was gone for a year and change, and now he's back. And, you know, you would think that the, the consistency would be there for all the same players, and it's not. I mean, that was the whole point of, gosh, that, that, that 2017 season, that, that, uh, that was a 30-11 and 11 run. It, it's sort of it's amazing how much they went all in on that team because the Heat have had these moments where they go all in the, when, since Pat Riley got there um, Alonzo Mourning Tim Hardaway that squad they went all in they, they, they spent what they needed to spend they traded what they needed to trade and you know Pat Riley doesn't believe in draft picks uh, and he got a team that, if not for Michael Jordan and the New York Knicks, probably would have maybe had at least one Eastern Conference title and maybe a shot at a championship. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of comes in because, you know, you can't – Riley has gone the last couple of years different. I mean, he's trying to look for the white, you know, the white whale but, but to help it, the franchise. It's not happening. Yeah, but it, it's just so weird that he went all in on this squad. He went all in with Mourning and, and Hardaway and then, like, by all aspects, great idea. He went all in, you know, once that 2004 squad, you know, surprised everyone and Wade came out as a budding young star, went all in on Shaq. Um, when they had basically they they had that three year plan of of being bad and just and the cap space just so they could get LeBron, Bosch, and Wade together, and they went all in, and then they get this group of players that yeah they went thirty and eleven, but gosh, you know it felt great. It was a great feeling to have, even if they they lost the the the, the final playoff spot on a tiebreaker, but. Still, they were only the eighth best team in the league that season, and they went all in on that. Mm-hmm. When they were so bad in the beginning, it's like maybe, maybe finally that eleven thirty team is finally coming back, and this is what they really are. I, I mean, it's weird for them because you mentioned it that you know Riley doesn't go from the draft picks, but there he is handing out extensions, a fair extension, Josh Richardson, which looks like a bargain, and then. Uh, an extension that's going to look bad for Justice Winslow. Uh, I don't um, know why they did that. And it was for it, three years, right? Yeah, it, it was three years of big contract, and I think there was a trade kicker that kicked in since he resigned it. 
Right. So it, it makes it very difficult to train athletes because you know Justice he he's very he's versatile, but he's never going to be that pull up shooter. He's not going to be a closer. Uh, he has bad handles sometimes. He'll lose the ball on turnovers. You know, looking at his stats now, it's just 8.9 points a game, 3.6 assists, 5.3 rebounds. You're getting you're you're paying big money for a guy who's going to be on you know your sixth man or on their second unit. Um, you know, they're big. Part of it is the salary hell because they have to get back Wade and then Wade Allenson, who is their best, one of their best three-point shooters. It, it just kind of seems like the chickens have come home to roost for this plan. And the idea is that, you know, when we talked about it in the past, uh, before I came on, that the idea is just let these guys kind of go via trade or expiring contracts. And that's when you can just kind of, you know, re rebuild, relaunch, reload, whatever re you want to call it. Um, because the East is not it's going to be like this for years where it's not uberly competitive where you can at least get a, you can get in in the bottom six, seven or eight seeds. And that's where Miami's projection was. No one had them higher. I think in, you know, just looking at things objectively higher than the six seed. And right now there's seven and 12, eight seeds, the magic or 10, 11 Charlotte's, you know, 10 and 10 by midway point, you know, we're going to bring it back to tanking here by midway point. You know, if you're, slightly under 500 or you're at 500 and you're still batting at the final two spots what do you want to do because you could trade off some guys you know before the the trade deadline get some expiring contracts even there you can send out kelly olenic you can send out a few other guys um and then really make a determination of how you want to build your future yeah and, and that's that's kind of what i'm hoping they do i mean let this well they have to let this ride out I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they already lost out on Jimmy Butler. He's gone. He's out in Philadelphia <laughs> seemingly winning games all by himself now. Contrary to my statement from the prior weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's he's making, making you eat your words. But um, they lost out on Jimmy Butler. They couldn't get Kawhi. Um, and they're kind of in this situation where, yes, they have bad contracts. And you know what? Um see what you got here see what veteran pieces you could you could trade off for um for cap space really because the heat are not going to trade for draft picks um uh see what you have in josh richardson they're featuring him right now and it's kind of interesting i'm hoping this is really josh richardson coming into his own as a, as a basketball player and not josh richardson being the best player on a mediocre team because there's plenty of players on mediocre to bad teams that have great numbers, but you know they're not exact. They're not really a leading man, or they're not an alpha dog, or they're not an A or an A one or A two player. You know, it's it's not. It's 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 still kind of up in the air whether he's actually that good, um, or at least good enough to attract an alpha dog to come to Miami. Um, let me ask you this. Is it so much? I mean, his contract essentially is four years, 42 million. Is it so much that he can bring the other guy or can, is this basically if they're in bad season mode to where they're going to go to tank? Is this just an audition for other teams? That's that's the thing. I mean, this is more an audition. I think it'd be more an audition for other teams. Um, I'm hoping they go in the tank only because... This is they're an NBA purgatory right now. It's if they're gonna remain an eighth seed, they're not gonna. I mean, I feel like it's harder to turn that around in the NBA than it is in other sports. Okay, and, and NFL. And look at the Eagles. 
I mean, the season before they won the Super Bowl, they were pretty bad. They win the Super Bowl, and now this season, you know, it, it turns out pretty pretty quickly in the NFL. Um, you know, in the NBA, Major League Baseball, you know, you get a, a staff of, of great young pitchers, and next thing you know, you guys are winning games, even with a, with a bad offense. Um, the NHL is the, the so, so based on chance that look at the Buffalo Sabres right now. They're the second best team in the league. So it's always a toss-up. But the NBA, it's you have alpha dogs. You have these these players that can that essentially do take over a game. And the Heat don't have that right now, and they can't attract one right now. And they don't have the cap space to sign one either. And it's all about, hopefully, the plan is to... Um, enter the 2020 season, 2019-20 season, and, and have cap space to at least sign one uh, max contract player. Assuming um, it's Clay, you know, I think he, he assuming, might be the guy. Assuming, and that's basically what the, NBA, the whole NBA is waiting on right now. What's going to happen with the Golden State Warriors? Are they going to blow it up? Is Kevin Durant's going to head off to... I don't know, wherever, New York, L.A., what, what have you. Um, most people say he's gone. I'm hoping he is, and he goes off to wherever he wants to go, and we can actually have some some semblance of parity in the league. Um, but it, there is, it is that hope that maybe Clay Thompson, you know, hey, you know, I, I did this whole big big three, big four thing already, and yeah, let's see what I can do on my own. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think if anybody from Golden State, that especially who can proprietate heat culture, would be Draymond. And Draymond happens to be the one I actually think is more likely to leave because he's not a dominant scorer. You know, if I'm Golden State, you know, can I resign Clay, keep Seth, and then get KD back? That you still are going to be at least a top three or four in the West. I would, I feel that's safe to say. Yeah. You know, so Draymond, you go because. He's good all-around player. You know, we, I don't have to go on the, the stats here and the idea of what he's brought to the table. We know he's brought to the table every year. But for Miami, you know, it feels like Richardson's an addition. You know, he's an addition by subtraction because it's going to be audition, get some expiring contracts, maybe some of those late-end second-round picks that you could flip out for a role player. And, you know, when you're selling on Miami, it's heat culture and it's the city. And Riley does that pretty well, and I think Draymond might be a guy there. In regards to the right. tanking, it's just I think they're they're too good to be bad, but too bad to be good. Oh god! And it's going to be stuck. And I think we talked about it before. It's like it, you're you're in quicksand and you can't get out. It's a slow death. I don't think it's an issue with Spolstra. He's always been consistent. No. I think he's a coach. Um, it's just Riley with the bad contracts. Like they're not they're good in short sight, but then they get bad. Yeah, they do get bad. I mean. Uh... They're about to, I mean, they're they're already um, gonna start. Or the game's already started for for them against the Hawks. I mean, it's sixteen thirteen right now, but yeah. I mean, that's they. I mean, the same thing happened against the Nets. Their last game against the Nets, and they were up, and but they weren't up by a lot. And look, lo and behold, the Nets beat them. So yeah. the Heat are in that area, and why not? Why? At, just write it out. Let's. I'm hoping that they're bad. They're bad enough to get a top five draft pick and see what happens. Um, at least get or to or at least get into the Zion sweepstakes. Yeah. Um, be, just because. Um, 
at the very least we would know where we're at where we stand if they're bad okay i think i have enough faith in the heat to say okay they've been at rock bottom before okay it happened in 2000 uh 2000 2007 eight season when you know wade was injured and Shaq was traded away um and they uh got unlucky with the michael beasley pick but um but at the very least, they had a shot. You know, they, they at least were there, and they could at least um, have some sort of new direction. If Michael Beasley worked out, who knows? Maybe they didn't. It would have changed a lot of things. But um, you in the NBA, you need at least to have that shot and see where your new direction for your squad, for your team goes. Because the Heat, as of right now, don't have any direction whatsoever. <laughs> And I, I, I'm usually opposed to tanking because I look at how Philadelphia did. And listen, I understand that Philly that you was, know, is, yeah, egregious. They're doing, they're doing good now. But yeah. if I'm a fan, I'm paying money. I am buying your merchandise. I'm buying your jerseys. You were bad for years. And here's the thing: your draft picks didn't really pan out. You trade. Okay, so taking away like the guys like Sarek and all that, right? Butler, Joel was out for a couple of years. Now he's doing good because he's finally healthy. I mean, Ben Simmons is a good player, but he, he's not going to be able to develop his shot. So that's a concern. But you, you've kind of whipped on Markel Fultz. You trade away Michael Carter-Williams, you know, yeah. after the first year. It, you're, you're not going to put my butt in that seat and you're making me lose hope in that franchise. It, it's a process. But if you struck out having all these, you know, huge lottery picks and you're only banking on two or three, granted, it's the NBA. Sometimes you just need four successful guys on your unit to kind of make it, which is fine. Right. I don't, you know, you feel that embarrassment, you feel that shame. And granted, ownership only cares about you in theory when you're a fan, because there's gonna be fans who support full tanking like they did, and it's gonna be like, hey, this is gonna help us in the future. But there's no guarantee, because what happens, let's say two, three years, he just go or just bad. They do the fire sell, it's coming in. Your draft picks to be horrible. You can have a Kwame Brown and nothing happens. You can have your own <laughs> Michael Carter Williams, you know, no disrespect to him, but you know, and that's true. I mean, look what Philly did. I mean, with uh, with Sam Hankey was see, it's seemingly unprecedented, but I'm pretty sure that other teams have have tried this this game before. That was it was pretty notorious in the NHL in the '80s when they tried to get Mario Lemieux. That was it was egregious tanking there. But um, from I feel like tanking. I feel like the Miami Heat. If they ever were to hitch their wagon to the tank, <laughs> so to say, would I have enough confidence in that franchise, in that management, that I feel like they could do it right? Where if they tank, it would be for one or two seasons, and they would, their I don't know, their staff, uh, their coaching staff, their their scouting, their uh, their training staff would find a way to kind of get those players ready to attract a big free agent or, or, or Riley and, and, and crew would would move the numbers around to be able to trade for a disgruntled star like John Wall or something like that and, and get them to Miami. And lo and behold, now you've got a new powerhouse in the Eastern Conference again, which um, in the East is doable. It really is doable. Well, the thing is, if the East is up for grabs, because here's the thing, we don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. And, I mean, I have the feeling that if they go on a great run, he still might stay, but you can't tell. But so what happens is, I agree with you that if Miami was to do it, they do it right. The idea of doing it right is, 
if, if the season's lost here, they see something foreseeable future, they'll go from that. And the idea is coming into the following season, they say we are not a representation of the bad record that we had before. We're going to be competitive to start out. Right. You know, whereas, if, whereas you see the other teams who were really bad before stay consistently bad. I mean, there's the, 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 the Orlando Magic, as an example. They've been yeah. bad for a while. I mean, they've, 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 they haven't made the playoffs since what? Since Dwight Howard was there. Yeah. After uh, they fired, after they fired Stan Van. Yeah. And then you let Dwight go. And part of that is a product of you just didn't pick right. Alfred Payton, that was your guy, Aaron Gordon. Uh, you have, uh, even now, they have Vucevic, who I think they're eventually going to get rid of, but then you draft Mo Bamba. Um, you know, you're just playing these some pieces, but you're not building a full team. And sometimes the roster changes too. It, it's easy to be stuck in purgatory in the East, basically. Yeah, I mean, I mean the East, that bottom, let's say, outside of Philly, Toronto, um, well, Milwaukee right now, um, and Indiana, and Boston. They're the come up. You know, those those three are the come up. Boston's yeah. they just need time to gel. Yeah, Boston's more of a, now that they have Gordon Hayward and everything, kind of, um, they need to figure their things out, but they will. I, I don't. I, there's no concerns about them, but the rest of the East is just a, a just smattering of a hodgepodge of of sub 500 teams that are, gosh, just that that might you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Th- th- throw a dart at yeah. any of their logos, and those will probably be the teams that will make the last three spots in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> But to touch on that, that actually might be the the big selling point to a hot free agent. It's like, listen, you know, you will make this team better. We're in a com- if you want to win, we're in a you know conference where we can really bring it out um, because we're in this area, we're in the east, we're not in the west. But more importantly, we will we will basically morph our team for you. Yeah, I could drive some guys in, you know, because I I never understood the idea of why a lot of these players want to go leave for L.A because um, that's the big thing, right? Over the summer, was LeBron wants to go to LA, he goes to LA. Magic has some influence there. Kawhi wants to either be a Clipper or he wants to be a Laker, even though he's dominating and killing it in Toronto right now. You get a lot of these guys who pick it, but you know, Miami itself, you got to basically sell yourself as Eastern LA, not necessarily you know the concept, but it's like, this is who we are, the marketability. We have recognition, we have titles, we have a genius of an executive coach, and we have a very well-respected brilliant you know coach himself with Spolstra to be there as well to help develop you because the thing about Spolstra is he'll maximize the potential around him sometimes that potential is very limited but sometimes he can make guys better than what they are yeah so that can bring into some guys that creation that's why I think of you know I I don't I don't see Clay leaving Golden State but if he was to leave Golden State it's like hey Miami might not be bad because you allow me to be the offshooter that I am or be, you know, a little bit dominant. We'll get some defensive guys, guys who can rebound, and then let's make some magic happen because we're in the East. So maybe with him on the team, we can get to, assuming he doesn't drop off, become a fifth seed, a fourth seed. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, Andrew, we were talking about the NBA and basically where the Miami Heat stand. Uh, right now the NBA is kind of a – I mean, we're, we're only one month into this – or no, two months into the season now. Um, and it's – I mean, you've got the West, which is kind of—it's not the Warriors dominating everyone like everyone thought, but they've got their own kind of like semi-drama happening. I, I don't really find it concerning. They're still second place in the East, uh, or in the West, sorry. And 
I mean, the, you got San Antonio who's ten and ten, trying to figure it out. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they they will figure it out at some point. Um, uh, you got some surprises. Uh, you got the Denver Nuggets there. Uh, I I'm hoping uh, because I kind of have a soft spot for the Nuggets. Hoping they kind of they stick it out and they they um, they can make the playoffs. And I I don't know. I have a soft spot for these these teams like Memphis and Portland, even OKC because I'm I, I like Russell Westbrook yeah. um, and and that uh, that combo with him and Paul George. Um, well, Memphis feels like a 180 from last year. Oh know? no, yeah, of course. Um, Part of it, Marcus all cares a little bit, so that matters when your star one of your star players actually wants to try and isn't bothered by injuries. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, gosh, and then you've got, we still need, we're what, more than a quarter of the way through the season. Once we get to the halfway point, it's like, uh, we'll, we'll finally see who's who. And, and it's basically what my, my feelings are for the NHL kind of segue into that. But actually, before we do that, I kind of. Wanna, we're already like we're we're an hour into this. Uh, I kind of I want to you know talk about a word from our non-sponsors here. Okay, <laughs> That's a good stopping point to do that. Um, this is our segment every week where we're not sponsored by anyone. We are not making any money whatsoever with this, but but we do have services and goods and things that we like that are. Um, that we do love, so I don't know who wants to start. I I feel like uh, Charles should start since he's the. Do you the, have a all right, Charles? Do you have anything that you are currently really, really a fan of? I am currently a fan, and probably it oh. speaks for itself. But I'm a big fan of the Audible subscription. Audible dot com. Yes, like audible.com. And if you find yourself commuting between several counties for work, stuck in traffic, I have a lot of my friends who live down south. So there I am driving on the weekends or going to work where court might be an hour north of me. I essentially am bored out of my mind listening to the same pop music. So it allows me for $15 a month. I'm sure there's Black Friday specials still out there that you get for cheaper. I get to listen to whole audiobooks. I'm reading the Wheel of Time series. Or I'm listening to the Wheel of Time series now. They're like 40 hours. It, it fills up my uh, empty space of an existence. So I advise you, <laughs> if you don't like to read, you might like to hear. Go get yourself an Audible. Get some subscriptions. Try it out. <laughs> educate yourself. That's my word for my non-sponsor. Do you have a fake promo code? <laughs> um, Don'tbecheap.com. That's my code. <laughs> Oh. Well, you've got me convinced. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Um, I do have a anti-Dodd sponsor, if that's a thing. Because uh, I, I, I ordered... It is now. Okay, well, I ordered Postmates today for lunch. Okay, Chicken Kitchen Doral, you guys suck, okay? This is the third... <laughs> This is the third time in a row that you've messed up my order. I and it's a it's a simple order. It's not the hardest thing in the world, okay? Today I ordered the frickin' deluxe chop chop, you know, with the lettuce and the tomatoes and the rice, extra chicken, okay, with the sweet the sweet and sour sauce, okay, on the side. No, no, the sweet red chili sauce on the side. And and with with the Pellegrino, okay? And lo and behold, 
they well they finally got the actual main part of the order right but this time they missed the, the pellegrino and i'm like what the hell so i once again i'm I go on postmates and they, they you know they 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 refund me the gosh what's three dollars for a pellegrino dear lord that's too much um and you know it goes to credit i'll probably use it again but and they had a promo code they had a promo code for for chicken kitchen that you can get free delivery okay and i basically wasted a free delivery for a delivery that was incomplete this third time in a row that they've done this to me and no more three strikes you guys are out the freaking chicken kitchen and Doral right down the road okay um i will chop this up onto twitch and i will spread it <laughs> okay i'll i'll put it on their yelp page and be like you guys you guys gosh okay that was my anti anti non-sponsor um Andrew, give me yours because I, I I'm kind of pissed off. Do you have a regular non-sponsor? Uh, give me give me a shot. <laughs> no, yeah, Pellegrino. No, no, I'm more of a Perrier fan than the Pellegrino fan. <laughs> um, I I'm, I'm a connoisseur of all types of mineral waters, sparkling waters, if you will. Um, actually, I really do love sparkling water. You know what? That will be my non-sponsor of the week. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just. In general, sparkling water. Sparkling water is fantastic. I love how the bubbles kind of feel. And if you, and there's a trick to it. You know those um, flavor enhancers. Mm -hmm. uh, they got different ones. Publix has their own line of them with different flavors. Um, Mio, Mio's another one. I've seen YouTubers sponsored for Mio, uh, but I'm whatever. I think Mio's kind of eh, compared to the of the juice flavor people. But if you take a Perrier or one of those um, sparkling waters, you put the flavor enhancer. It's kind of like a like a, a a makeshift soda, if you will. Okay, it actually might be slightly healthier, but I don't know if those flavor enhancers have any sort of toxins that'll have cancer in the future. But uh, <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> endorsement ever. <laughs> but um, there's a really good sparkling water out in Texas. I forgot what they're called, but it's a Mexican one okay it's a mexican sparkling water and it's actually really freaking good it's yellow i forgot what it's called if i could look it up right now and i could with this one thousand dollar smartphone i'm holding but i'm not going to do that but i'm just going to say sparkling water um in france and mexico wherever you guys are making that stuff good job the promo code is um flavor enhancers don't give you cancer uh, all right there you go andrew you're up <laughs> wow uh I I've since we started doing this non-sponsors thing, I've I've been using their products, so I guess I'll go ahead and do it. Uh big shout out to Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, cuz they they need the endorsement more more than anyone. This I got a lot of flack for this in law school, but I neither drink alcohol nor do I drink coffee. And it's not by religious or anything. It's just I don't like the taste of either of them. And a lot of people questioned my sanity as to how on earth was I able to survive law school. Um, at least ten people have told me that. Um, my coffee, though, is caffeinated, carbonated beverages. Um, and Coca-Cola is usually the one, Coca-Cola, or more specifically, I, let me change my non-sponsor here, <laughs> uh, Coca-Cola is good and all, but big shout out to Pepsi Wild Cherry. Yeah. That is the good stuff right there. 
Uh, can't really get it many places. You can get it at uh, Taco Bell, um, KFC. So shout out to them for actually carrying that wonderfully delicious product. Um, I know it's not exactly the healthiest thing, but it's the only thing that really keeps me awake and I can actually swallow <laughs> because I I gag when it comes to alcohol and I just I cannot take the the taste of coffee. So uh, my non-sponsor is carbonated uh, carbonated beverages. <laughs> What's your promo code? Um, carbonated beverages. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. My promo code would probably be sports scoops. Okay. Sports scoops for fifteen percent off absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, all right. So, uh, I was gonna segue into the NHL talk. Uh, the NHL is in the same situation, I think, as the NBA. In some sense. Uh, only because of the Buffalo Sabres. I was going to talk about our new Buffalo Sabres overlords right now because they are just killing it. Uh, and I, I don't know how or why, but they, they, they found a way to be better than the Florida Panthers, which was kind of our one of our lone solaces was like, oh, we're not the Buffalo Sabres. And <laughs> look what happened, you know? Uh, the Buffalo Sabres have been in an endless rebuild, just like the Panthers have been in an endless rebuild. And uh, the Sabres might have finally figured it out. I don't know. Who knows? It's only slightly more than a quarter past the season. And we still have some... Uh, I guess, I mean, you got the NHL standings. The Lightning are on top of the Atlantic. They'll probably... Make the playoffs. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the same thing. You've got the Sabres there. You've got Montreal, who has a healthy Carey Price. So Carey Price is one of the few goaltenders in the NHL who could literally take a really terrible team and be good enough to to make that second wild card spot. As long as he's healthy, that team is going to make the could at least has a shot of getting that second wild card spot. If he gets injured in any way. They're, it dashes all their hopes. Mm -hmm. It really does. That team is hanging on by a thread because if you look at their their record in total without the the Batman points, they're really eleven and thirteen right now. Mm -hmm. So they're not really that good. Batman uh, points? Uh, the you know the the extra points for going into overtime. Ah, uh, got yeah, it. Those are Batman points. Gotcha. Um, okay. <laughs> and really, the bottom of the NHL from the second wild card spot. On to the well, the auto centers are finally playing the way people thought they'd be playing. They're in last place, and that's where they belong. Um, but just a lot of either underperforming teams like the Hurricanes and the and the and especially the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'm hoping the Florida Panthers are part of that that group of teams that are underperforming because if this is really the Florida Panthers for the rest of the season, we are in trouble because. They were slated to be either the third seed in the Atlantic or at least one of those two wild card spots, and mm. and they're not playing like it. But well, hey, if they do end up sucking for the rest of the season, 
That means extremely cheap tickets for us through SeatGeek <laughs> or StubHub. You don't actually have to go through SeatGeek to get cheap tickets at a Panthers game. I'm just telling everyone. Just show up at the door. <laughs> you yeah, just literally show up at the door and they'll just hand you a ticket. Um, no, 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 they don't do that anymore. They used to. They used to do that. Actually, they had a promo once back in the day. I think if you, um, I think if you like. It, if you own like a Florida driver's license, you could get into the game or something. <laughs> it was literally the one of the most bare minimum things you have to have. That's, I remember that. that actually, I know I'm jumping off of hockey here for a sec, but I, I figured that this would be noteworthy. Last week before the war on I-4, which is the UCF-USF game, there was a Dunkin' Donuts near USF campus where the game was actually... The game was played like 30 minutes away at Raymond James Stadium, but um, but I digress. There was a Dunkin' Donuts near USF's campus where as long as you said go Bulls or show, showed horns up, which is the um, index finger and pinky finger extended like horns. Uh, so the devil horn? Devil horn or the <laughs> Texas Longhorn oh, okay. sign. Uh, USF totally copied it. As long as you came in and did one of those two things, you got a free ticket to the football game. Hmm. Ugh. <laughs> oh, boy. Gosh. I remember the Marlins uh, had uh, something with Chevron. If, if, you, if you got gas... Like, if you got at least $8 worth of gas... Which is every pump, really. Right. <laughs> you could get a free ticket to the Marlins game. Gosh. Um, so, yeah, they, <laughs> well, that was a really... Really big digress. Um, the we've got the Chicago Blackhawks who look like their championship window is finally closed, and thank goodness gracious. <laughs> All right, we have one less annoying fan base to, to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, the Winnipeg Jets have uh, the first wildcard spot on the West. I don't like the Jets, but that's just a personal thing for me. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights finally finally getting it together. They're at five hundred. Um, surprisingly, the worst team in the league are the LA Kings. I, I don't know what's going to happen out there, but it might be just the fact that their championship window has slammed shut too. Mm -hmm. So uh, they might be on the on the verge of uh, kind of ending that era of Kings hockey. But and you've got the St. Louis Blues, who are basically like the Florida Panthers. One of the proposals someone actually put was. And it's probably something that um, that a lot of teams should do. If, if find a similar team in your other conference that is just struggling, that should be playing better, and maybe swap a couple players, maybe some guys who need a, a change of scenery. And you, hey, you never know; it might actually spark both of the teams, or at least one of them, and they could, you know, go on a run or something. Because uh, you know, players can obviously when you trade a guy, it actually you know affects the locker room. Uh, it really, rather than firing a coach, they could at least trade one of the their underperforming players, send them to a team that also has an underperforming player that is also, on paper, should be better, but they're not. So I think the St. Louis Blues, if if anyone would be a great trading partner for the Panthers, it might be them, because mm -hmm. um, they they're one of those teams that uh, has uh, that was slated to be a lot better, but they're not. Um, so, all right, guys. 
So I kind of want to segue into this other new segment. Well, that I wanted to really get into. Um, it is this. It's it's players we remember to forget, uh, <laughs> or, or or maybe it's the other way around. Or is it players we forgot to remember? Uh, and I've got the two titles in because I can't really decide on the title. So we're just gonna use both of them. Yeah. All right. So uh, I actually have one. And it was a player that I completely forgot about until, like, I started looking this up. And I'm like, and it's a uh, former Dolphin. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, there was a player on the Dolphins that was named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that was not a basketball player. Really? There was a player named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, actually, it's a funny story about him and his name. Okay. Um, so... Obviously, you know, there's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Hall of Fame basketball player for the Milwaukee Bucks and Los Angeles Lakers, okay, out in L.A. So, he played, you know, in the 70s and 80s. But there's the other version, and, and really not really other version, but there was another, another guy uh, for... The Miami Dolphins, he was a running back named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, he was originally called uh, Sharman Shah, and then in 1995, his imam, because he, he, he practices Islam, uh, gave him the name Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay? He was drafted in 1996 by the Dolphins. He played at UCLA, um, and then he later went on to... Didn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the basketball player, play at UCLA? <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> this is the funny thing about this. Um, so these, you know, they both played at UCLA. Uh, they both had their names changed uh, to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, but they kind of got into a legal squabble uh, along the way. And I, I Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had his last name Abdul-Jabbar on the back of his jersey when he played for the Dolphins, but because of the legal battle. Because Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Hall of Fame basketball player, was saying, people are confusing me for you. They were actually, uh, this is before these guys had, you know, their, their computers and, and smartphones and tablets. <laughs> uh, NFL announcers who assumed that he was the son of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the basketball player. They're like, oh, they both have the same name. He's probably uh, Abdul-Jabbar Jr., mm -hmm. Which was not the case. Oh, they both went to UCLA. They're probably related in some way. They weren't. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar legally was suing him, saying, "Hey, you gotta, you know, figure your stuff out because I'm the only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in this world." And so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, football player, changed his name to Abdul Kareem Al-Jabbar just because of that. The back of his jersey on the Dolphins just had Abdul on it, just so it would bring less confusion. Actually, they wore the same number, too. <laughs> number 33. So it just brought all of that in <laughs> into it. Um, he retired, uh, let's see, he finished playing in 2000. He played from 96 to 2000. Um, he was the NFL rushing touchdowns leader in 1997. And then uh, I wanted to find out what his Wikipedia article does not say where he is right now. Um, what's he doing? So I actually had to do some digging. 
and the most that I got was that as of 2010, and he's probably doing something else, he was a personal trainer out in the gym in Washington, D.C. And that's it. So that there you go, Abdul, Abdul Kareem Al-Jabbar. That's my forgotten player that I remembered to forget. So, I don't know if you guys even recognize them, but... I have no clue who that is. <laughs> I just Googled him, and I'm just... I'm laughing how the fact that a man cannot have a name, basically, because it's the same name with a man... Of I want to know what's the legal base... I mean, you can... I mean... What, what was the legal basis? Did, did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar trademark his name or in some sort of way? I don't know. <laughs> Every John Smith out there is like, we're going to sue some guys today. <laughs> um... Uh, Oh no, my dad has my name. I can't see my dad. Um, <laughs> I was thinking if I could trademark my name, but I can't. Get, get the right attorney, you'll be okay, Francisco. You're fine. I'm uh, I'm the right attorney. No, no, I won't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna be one of those guys that thinks that he can do other law. I just can't. I know when I suck at other other topics. All right. Uh, okay. Do you guys have anybody? Um. Random. I mean, not as far out for me. I know we had kind of listed out prior, you know, because I guess my whole thing is my fixation on bad quarterbacks <laughs> who somehow <laughs> got chances. I think prior I had mentioned uh, Ryan Lindley, who was a starting uh, quarterback for. We actually did look him up last episode. Yeah, and then now we have, I'll give you another one, a Max Hall. So Max Hall per Wikipedia. So, you know, it's. <laughs> the only way we're going to find out who these guys are. Yeah, these are guys that just kind of start the name because I'll, I'll give a little way of background on why this name stuck out to me. Back in the Ken Wisenhut days after Kurt Warner retired, they were kind of in quarterback hell. Um, they signed Derek Anderson to be like the big name after he had his big season with Cleveland, and Cleveland didn't want him anymore because Brady Quinn was showing up and Aronson was being Derek Anderson. Um, so he had a couple of quarterback competitions. But then injury and bad play came in, so that's how you get Max Hall, who came in along with everybody else. So... He, he went undrafted in 2010. He was in the preseason with John Skelton along with Derek Anderson and Matt Liner. And then the Cardinals got rid of, you know, Liner. They put Hall as a backup quarterback, and he ends up starting a few games. Um, he basically kind of did nothing in that regard. He, he comes to the mind, because I just compared to Nathan Peterman, wondering how do these guys still get jobs? How do they get claimed for the let, practice Let me squad? see his total stats. Let's see. He's got Look, 78 pass attempts, bad. 39 yeah. completions for well, 50%, literally. Um, yeah. One touchdown and six interceptions for 370 yards and a quarterback rating of 35.7. Dear Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's rough stuff, because, you know, sometimes you know... You're, I feel bad for the fan base because you're like this. Your coach is going to try to sell you on a guy. We can win with this team, and you're just like, nah. If I don't remember you from college, how am I going to remember you doing something here? Not everybody is the miraculous story. And so right now, you know, after that, he went to go try some stuff in CFL. Now I believe he is a varsity offensive coordinator at American Leadership Academy High School, which is interesting because some bad, some players who are not, you know, good in the pro level become great coordinators. <laughs> That's just, true. Uh, you know, yeah, so like, hey. pretty soon he's going to be the head coach of the Cleveland Browns and bring them a, uh, a Super Bowl. <laughs> You're welcome, Cleveland. I helped you out. That's my player so bad 
I want to forget them, but I can't forget them because I'm obsessed with them. That that's that's kind of funny. I mean, he's so yeah yeah he'd be a good coach because uh, he'd be like yeah why should I listen to you because I did all the bad stuff so you should yeah. listen to me. This is what can completely go wrong. Uh, look at my career. Yeah, but hey, he, got a few NFL stars. So he played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And I'm only mentioning that because it's probably the only time we're going to mention the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I guess for the, in a long time, unless we go through more ex-NFL players that somehow find their way to this. Dear Lord, look at this entry on Wikipedia. <laughs> for his time in Winnipeg. On April 2013, the Blue Bombers of the CFL announced they signed Hall for the 2013 season. <sighs> 18 he, of 30, he, 241. 18 of 30 passing for 241-1 touchdown and two interceptions. And he only got the start because of poor play by both Buck Pierce and Justin Goltz, whoever the heck those guys are. But, man, he he got in because those guys were worse than him? Yeah, could you imagine that interview or what he's trying to tell the coach? Coach, coach, I know I'm bad, but those guys are absolutely terrible. Buck Pierce, okay. I gotta look up Buck Pierce now. You see, we've got plenty of material. Okay, we're going down the rabbit hole of uh, the Winnipeg, the 2013 Winnipeg Blue Bombers here. <laughs> Buck James Pierce uh, is the quarterbacks coach now of the Blue Bombers. Okay, and mm -hmm. a oh, Shin Godzilla just said the Penguins are the best. Um, <laughs> well, they have been for a few seasons now. They uh, oh, except for their collapse the Washington Capitals at the end last season but who finally got over their demons but uh, I digress the Penguins will get it together they're too good to not be that that mediocre um, he spent the first five years of his career with the Lions the BC Lions out in British Columbia in Vancouver um, we're, we're, we're getting into this he played for New Mexico State from 2001 to 2004, he played in two Grey Cups and he won a championship in 2006. So he's a Grey Cup champion there. All right, so he's got more accolades than Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he's from Hutchinson, Kansas, and uh, he's he's made a, a nice life for himself out in the Great White North. We're gonna get a lot of people like that, especially when they have the American was it the AAF, the American Alliance Football, then you have Vince McMahon launching the XFL. <laughs> It's going to be fun times at the oh, rally. Oh, boy. Speaking of the AAF, I have the quarterback draft on right now. Is it over? Or is no, it... it's ongoing. Oh. I'm... It's only eight teams. Yep. <laughs> They're taking that long? <laughs> um, well, anyway, let me explain how this works, if anyone is curious. The AAF, they want to kind of... What they did is they picked all these players who either went to college in the general vicinity of where a team is. Okay. Or their last NFL team was in that area. Uh, so, for instance... San Diego. Right. Uh, so, let's say, for instance... Uh, I'm trying to think of a player... Let's say we just, we just call him Speedy. Um, he used to play for UCF. Um, I, I forget his name. That's terrible. But we just know him as Speedy. Uh, he played for UCF. He 
was in the NFL for maybe one season, but then was dropped. The AAF. He, he's a player you forgot so much that you can't even think of his name. Well, I remember him. I forget his name. <laughs> okay. Um, What's his face? Right. Or, for, for instance, this is relevant now, Aaron Murray. Uh, used to be quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. He So they take players that are from the general vicinity and they go to this team um, just to kind of get hometown... Uh, does that make sense? Kind of get hometown feel going. Okay. Like, for instance, uh, Florida State players go to Orlando. So that's like if... Uh, gosh, EJ Manuel went to play for Orlando, I guess. Actually, as a matter of fact, EJ Manuel is in this draft. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> um, so anyway, what the AAF did is they signed all these players, but then they mix things up a little bit. They don't. They only have a draft for quarterbacks. Why? Uh, they just... Who knows? They heard so, our franchise player speech. In this case... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, teams, they're pre-assigned to these teams. Like, for instance, Aaron Murray was pre-assigned to Atlanta. Okay. But there are 50 quarterbacks that were pre-signed. Teams get a choice of either protecting one of their quarterbacks that was pre-assigned to them, or they cannot protect but pick somebody else's quarterback. Okay. So in this case, Atlanta decided to protect Aaron Murray. Yeah, so uh, it's it's almost like the equivalent of an expansion draft, where you can protect X amount of players. You can either choose that, or you can just pick whoever you want that isn't. Protected. So they're just trying to make themselves a gateway to I don't know. I guess a I don't know a they're, minor league. In they're the trying sense? to right. They're trying to make themselves into an NFL minor league. Okay. Um, and th they that I think is smart because they realize that nobody is ever going to be able to directly compete with the NFL not at this point um, the USFL attempted to but that fell through so they're just they want to be make things a bit realistic I mean in all the contracts they say that players can leave at any time if they're signed by an NFL team without uh without a breach of contract issue. Um, I think I saw somewhere, I can't confirm it, but like the commissioner of the AAF said that if 20% of their players are picked up by NFL teams, then they're doing their job correctly. Okay. <laughs> I mean... The only reason I know all this is because there's a team in Orlando. <laughs> Otherwise, I... I have no would... idea that this league would be starting up. I mean, I had no idea this league was starting up until... I mean, I'd see the sports logos on that post. You know, oh, this team revealed their logo, but it's like, oh, all right. I can't wait till they fold in two years. Or a year, maybe. I mean, I mean, hopefully it works out, but I guess their, their business model or their, their planning to get these semi-beloved college football players to play for them might work maybe like hold on let me charles where did you go to undergrad 
FAU. So Rusty Smith would be the big name, or what soon to be Alfred Morris when he retires. This is what the owls do as they're like hand really, I thought it looks like this. I don't know. I, I thought that was a white power symbol, but no. <laughs> 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 Sorry, folks. Getting a little controversial here. Um, no, no. I, I mean, I always thought it was like putting your the freaking owl eyes on your hand, like on your face. Or Could something. be. Yeah, but. I um, think because of that comment you just made, we're now going to be dropped by our non-sponsors. Yeah. Sorry, Coke. And Audible. And Audible.com. Uh, oh, maybe we can get Loot Crate to sponsor us. They seem to be sponsoring everyone, um, even though I don't use them. Um, all right, so I think we can kind of. Are are those are all your. For, I mean, you literally brought up a league of forgotten players. <laughs> <laughs> not just one. You brought up a league of forgotten players that <laughs> you literally did not remember a guy's name, and he played for your school. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. You'll figure it out in a week. Hold on, I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, boy. All right. So, I guess I kind of wanted to throw some baseball talk Rennell into this. Hall. That's who it is. Rennell Hall. There you go. Dude. Another Hall. Okay, so we got two Halls. Rennell and Max. Uh, maybe they can uh, have some fun out there in the CFL. Um, oh, and for you, Charles, the there are three FAU players Dylan DeBoer, Randell Johnson, and DeJune Smith. I know DeJune Smith. Everything else is kind of a... It, it, it's FAU, so we don't go there for like, oh, hey, we're here for football. We're here for... We're basically here to enjoy the sun, and that's what uh, Lane Kiffin's there for. Right? <laughs> oh, you guys have food at the stadium? Oh, count me in. <laughs> um, even though FIU did some pretty fun stuff to try and get people to go to the games um they had a pretty good season too so they're going um, to the bahamas bowl yeah yeah they're it's on a friday i don't know if i i don't know if i can get out of work to go to that um december 21st right i think so the bahamas bowl against who? i think it's app state appalachian state okay i'll have to double check that Toledo, Toledo Rockets. I wasn't okay. even close. All right, so uh, let's get. Uh, um, all right, so baseball talk a little bit. Um, so there were some moves. Um, the Atlanta Braves uh, did some things. They they re-signed Brian McCann. Uh, I guess they wanted that veteran presence, but I don't know, Charles. What do you think about that? I mean, his production kind of dipped a lot last year, so it doesn't necessarily lead to much inspiring i think we talked about it before the show and i kind of read it again i think the veteran presence is a little bit overrated in baseball um you know it's a team sport but i think it's very isolated so what do you bring him in for for the development of Acuna to kind of be there as a leader a role player it's different when they're getting josh donaldson because even though he's been injury plagued at 32 he can still bring it right um as a player but mccann i think it's a little bit for the sentimentality for the fans it's also kind of rile the fan base. Hey, we went further than what we expected. We might be here for a while. Philly's not going to catch up to us. Miami's down in the dumps in Jeterville. Um, the Mets are the Mets. So Jeterville. let's bring back those warm, nostalgic feelings, and let's make the future together. Yeah. You might have like that Chipper Jones effect, too, where it's just like you're always going to kind of be there 
as not just a player, but a, a bench coach, maybe a manager, who knows? I, I find it funny. I mean, I'm hoping like, because there's the, the, the trade talks about Rio Muto um, kind of landing in Atlanta or something like that. And they, they obviously, everyone knows that Rio Muto wants out. He wants out of Miami, mm-hmm. and the Marlins have a high asking price, which they should have because they didn't really get too much. At least, I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens down the line. But uh, for their all-star outfield that they traded away, um, but Real Muto, I'm hoping that Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies. Because that would give the Braves incentive to kind of match them. Because Harper is um, might be just enough to kind of buoy the Phillies back into contention. Because uh, the Nationals would just fade away uh, while they recover from losing him. And then the Braves and the Phillies would kind of have it out for the, the NL East. Um, while the Mar- So that would give incentive for the Braves to trade away their top picks to Miami, the Marlins will finally get what, you know, what a player is actually worth um, and actually, you know, get this rebuild really up up and running. And and um, and then we, we will have fun looking at the, the Phillies and the Braves kill each other for a season. Um, other than that, we're just waiting for the winter meetings, right? And see what happens with Bryce Harper. There was a, actually a question posed by the MLB.com account. Which of these five sub-500 teams will actually make the playoffs next season? It was um, the Phillies, um, the Angels, the Twins, and um, who else? Who else was on that? The, um, the Cardinals? I don't know if they were sub-500, but... Um, and I forgot who was the last one. Maybe... My, if I had to take a guess, I'd say it's the Angels. Because look who you've got. You've got Mike Trout. You've got Albert Pujols, who even though he's on the decline, it's still Albert Pujols. Um, He can always break out of a slump and just be awesome. But then you have (laughs) Otani-san, Shohei Otani, who if, I know that he has, I think, Tommy John surgery or something, He's just going to be a hit. The Angels right are smart. Yeah, I think they, they're going to try and protect them. Just say, look, we know you're an awesome pitcher. We know that you're an awesome batter as well. We need you to do one or the other. And we like your bats so much. We haven't. We can pick up another dozen pitchers or so. Who cares? But you have an awesome bat. We can't lose that. I mean, the Angels have, I think, what, Mike Trout's contract ends in, when 2020? I believe so. I'm so sure. they've got they're basically the same thing the Nationals had. Uh, you know, they've got two seasons to to get this going because that that's another thing that the Phillies are kind of, you know, in the conversation of that they could actually get both Harper and Trout. Um, Harper would sign now with the expectation that Trout could come because Trout is from – South New Jersey, and he's mm-hmm. he was a Phillies fan growing up. He's obviously an Eagles fan. Um, and you were right, by the way. It's he becomes a free agent twenty twenty one. Okay, twenty twenty. Okay, so after the end. Okay, the end of the twenty twenty season. Although so, some people are saying 
that the angels are looking to extend them, give him a quote unquote lifetime contract. Gosh, a lifetime contract out in Disneyland. I prefer Disney World to be honest, although I've never been to Disneyland, but I've heard that Disney. My sister's been to both. She says Disney World. There's so much more room. Yeah. And instead of two parks, you get four, not to mention the two water parks. And in case anyone uh, hasn't realized this by this point, I'm from Orlando. Shout out to our non sponsored Disney World. (laughs) 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 Uh, Disneyland is my anti non sponsor. They can go screw themselves out there in California, all right? You know, it's all about the world. All right. (laughs) Um, Sort of kind of gang war between the two. I, I lived out near Disney for most of my time here in Florida. I moved when I was nine uh, to Orlando, specifically Celebration, uh, which is five minutes outside of Disney. And then I moved away uh, from Orlando in 2014 to come down here to the wonderful city that is Miami. Um, I hope you can detect the sarcasm there. I have nothing against Miami. It's just the traffic is absolutely terrible. Uh, well. Okay, so back to, back to this. Um, uh, I'd say the Phillies, um, if they can, it, on the caveat that they get Bryce Harper, okay? Uh, if they, they don't. That, that'll change everything. Yeah. I think, and I think there will be a, situ- a similar situation that with, uh, with Kristen Yelich. I think if he goes somewhere, if Harper goes somewhere where he has good enough backing crew behind him, you know, good pitching. Although the Nationals have incredible pitching and they have a lot of good bats and they still can't do anything. Well, because they, they go cheap on their managers. That's True. one thing. I think if they get a if they can replicate that, if a team can replicate that but with a good manager, uh, he'll have a career renaissance as it were. Gosh, which is scary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, Harper's season was, I mean, he hit a lot of bombs, but he also was uncharacteristically inconsistent at the plate. But, you know, uh, he's, I'll just talk it up to a down year. I mean, he, he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid. It's, you know, normally on a contract year, they play out of their minds, but he's at the point where he, he didn't really have to. He's going to get paid. Right. Some people think he's going to become a $400 million man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the Phillies would even hand him out that that, that type of money. I mean, they kind of laid the way with Ryan Howard. Granted, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, big money that way. But you look at the equivalent, how long the contract, how loaded it was. But look, him, Trout, Machado, these guys are just going to lay the foundation for the next big contracts. I mean, Giancarlo kind of started, but when you look at his contract, it's $30 million a year, right? So yeah. it's like, okay, sure, we'll take that. That's not bad. But now you're going to have a single player in a single position commanding between 35 to 40 mil a year. Um, you know, it really, a lot of the, what's the next best team or who's a team that's going to be so bad that's going to be good next year. It really depends on those two guys that come in or, uh, or just some trades that, you know, come in between. But I think the Angels, I agree with Andrew, you know, they have a build up to it. Mike Shosha is gone. They'll have a new manager in. We'll see how that climate kind of works. Yeah. The Phillies, it's just they didn't show that grit. Um, I mean, they were inexperienced, you know, inexperienced. Their first, I mean, 
not really a I guess in a in a way a breakout season for them. Like this is like kind of their first step into this into this rebuild, uh, uh, where they actually showed like, hey, there's the f- first flash of brilliance, you know. Yeah. After so many years of being bad, you know, which was because they had that which was the flash plan. In the pan. Yeah, they had a flash in the pan of the World Series back to backs. Uh, won a World Series, lost to us in 2009, kind of there competitively, and then just kind of died out. 2011 so, was the where their championship window just kind of shut, and then after yeah. that, it's just been, you know, rebuild. Yeah. And, but, you know, there's a payout, right? You know, isn't that the main thing that they try to tell you in the MLB, something that Jeter will go on there is a lot of teams have to blow up to become something better. So maybe Philadelphia kind of falls in suit the way Houston did and a couple other teams did. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's very, you kind of wish you had, I mean, that model, like the Cardinals model where, you know, they they somehow remain competitive. They have a really good farm system, and but it, it just takes building up that farm system. The Phillies kind of had that window of their, their championship window from like 07 to 2011, and they, they went all in, you know, they went all in and, um, you know, they traded for guys. They traded. They traded away the prospects and things like that just to just to win. And then they they finally realized that hey, you know, it's over. We gotta deplete. We gotta sell off what we got now. Break up the team and and rebuild our farm system because you know it's kind of laid waste after trying to win you know championships in a row. And they they couldn't, but they at least got one. So, but uh, they'll finally probably get their their they're due either next season or at least the season after that. Uh, but once again, all depending on whether they can get uh, Harper or some other high-end free agent to come to them. All right. So, guys, we are... We have about 15 minutes left. All right, 15 minutes left. So and I just want to apologize to everybody real quick. Uh, we usually play games. Uh, but we were having technical difficulties. We were having some technical difficulties, and we we figured that you would rather hear our delicious velvety tone of velvety voices as opposed to seeing a classic video game. So, but it's probably the one millionth person to play NHL '94, so they're not really missing out on anything right. with that. Um, all right, so uh, I guess. Oh, I haven't talked about how terrible the Dolphins are. Um, <laughs> Time to bring up uh, our next, our, our regular segment. Uh, I forget what it's called. The Dolphins are terrible. That's literally what the it's called. The Dolphins are terrible. Okay, I, I don't have to mince words here. The Dolphins suck, and, and I love them and I hate them at the same time. And they, they cause me nothing but pain and misery. And gosh, and I actually, I watched the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> this is the definition of insanity. I watched the whole game. I cheered. They had a. There was a portion. Uh, was it right? Uh, gosh, they got an. Uh, was it? They got an interception from Andrew Luck, and then the ensuing uh, possession, the Dolphins fumbled the ball back to the Colts, and then the Colts got the ball back, and Andrew Luck threw another interception. <laughs> like it was just. A, it was really, really bad. But uh, just the. The Dolphins were up 24 to 14 at one point in the game. They kind of got lucky that Adam Vinatieri rarely, but you know, rarely happens. But he missed the field goal. He kind of shanked it, and it's like, okay, 
we got the lead. Uh, we're facing the Colts, who are also five and five and tied for with the other one thousand teams in the AFC for that second wild card spot. And but the Colts are on the up and up. You know, they've won how many games in a row now? I think it was like five, five or six. Yeah, it's probably six at this point now. Let me see. Yeah. I think they started the season like like one in five and have won uh, or or like one in four or something like that. One like. That bunch in a row i don't know they were very competitive too yeah even in a lot for the most part yeah it just i kind of think maybe they finally you know kind of put it together and finally gelled uh they're not going to catch up to the texans at this point the texans are just playing out of their freaking minds um but captain andrew luck uh found a way they what they kicked the field goal to make it 24 to 17 and then um that final fourth quarter, it just showed you how much Adam Gase is not a quality NFL head football coach, okay? He's, what, his third season into this, and it just seems like he doesn't really know what he's doing with regarding, with regards to his play calling, with regards to his clock management, and with regards to whether he... Well, he actually showed it. He actually showed it on that, was it the third and 10, right? Uh, where he chose to run the ball instead of um, pass with Ryan Tannehill. It showed that he doesn't trust Ryan Tannehill. He could say well, all he wants in those press conferences and he can be peeved off at the reporters and Armand, Armando Salguero, who he seems to have some sort of personal beef with. Um, but, you know, he, it, it's not going to work with Ryan Tannehill. It just isn't. This is it for him. For Tannehill, the Dolphins should just cut him, cut him off for this season. You know what? Um, we're gonna. And I already looked at the end of the schedule. They're gonna go eight and eight. I can assure <laughs> you that the Dolphins are gonna go eight and eight because, because okay, all right. So they lost to the Colts. All right. They face off against the Buffalo Bills at home. So they have a and the Bills just lost. They have a good chance of winning that game. So that'll bring them to six and six. They face the Patriots next. The Patriots are kind of a not. They're they're fighting for that um, first seed in the in the in the AFC. So they actually do have something to play for. So they could just you know stomp the Dolphins and get that win to try and try and get a leg up on Kansas City. Five in a row. And oh, okay, see five in a row. And then they face the Vikings, who uh, are also fighting for a playoff spot. So I see the Dolphins losing that, and so okay, all right. So now the Dolphins are six and or um, six and seven at that point in the season. Then they face the wonderful Jacksonville Jaguars, who are underperforming, and the Dolphins are at home. So guess what? They're gonna win that game, <laughs> okay? And now they face the Bills to finish the season. Uh, it'll probably be a hot, hard fought game. The Dolphins will win that game somehow, some way, because they're gonna do that. They're gonna finish eight and eight. And you know what would be the icing on the cake is if they finished eight and eight and lost the final wild card spot on a tiebreaker, <laughs> and we're just gonna end up where we are, as always. And it's like, damn it! All right, I don't know what you guys think about the Dolphins, but they are—they really suck. They really do. Uh, they amuse me. <laughs> that's that's where I come into it because on paper they seem like a grounded team with a lot of weakness. Um, you know, it's just there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle not fitting. And I think what happens is 
for the optimistic Dolphins fan, they're going to say, hey, Tannehill actually played pretty good. I'm like, sure. He actually did. Like, yeah, I'm like, that. that's fine, but you have a coach who's not playing all four phases of the game, or four quarters of the game and three phases of the game being offense, defense, and special teams. Um, it, it's amusing to me because it's the same old story that everybody goes through. But for me, you should have known it was going to happen. Andrew Luck is like a super saiyan. When he's close to death, he comes back and he's even more powerful than before. <laughs> and so those picks don't get comfortable with him because I'm going to tell you now, Andrew Luck throws a lot of picks, but he throws a whole lot more touchdowns. It's just Adam Gase gasing it up. Didn't he make, uh, was it uh, his, what, how many games in a row with like three touch, at least three touchdowns or something? Uh, yeah. I think like nine, nine, nine or nine. Uh, I forgot what it was. I think he passed I mean, Peyton Manning for it or something. But. The man's stats this season is, you know, he has like 32 touchdowns, 3,112 uh, yards passing. It, it's just he's on a whole new level. Um, and, you know, he looked uncomfortable in the beginning of the year uh, with the, the neck injury, shoulder injury. You know, there's always something more to it than just the shoulder. But now he's in his groove. Uh, you know, Frank Reich is just kind of bringing it on. He understands his team. Ebron, Doyle, we're going to kill the middle. And then there's Adam right. Gase. you are like, we're good. Give the ball to Frank Gore, same play, three times. And, and look, I, I love me some Frank Gore. Oh, no, he's doing fantastic this season, but he's, what, 34 years old now? Yeah, and the thing is, where were you doing with Kenyon Drake, who, you know, has that speed and versatility? He, he brought it in, and I think we talked about it. You have, like, Leonce Carew, who made one big play, but you don't have that broken coverage, and then it really is just your game to lose completely. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was good game plan because that's what happened was Adam Gase. You always feel like he's there for kind of like a quarter and a half, and then he's just like, all right, everything else will fall in. You know, take the wheel, Jesus. I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, God. The idea of his Tannehill's got to go, okay, fine, but what are you going to do about Adam Gase? Because are you going to say we give him one more year because there was a whole year without Tannehill and we had to, you know, rest our laurels on Jay Cutler? It, it, oh, God. It, it's just one of those things. Like, okay. Okay. It all it comes all down to from, from going from the top to the bottom. Okay. So, so, um, Stephen Ross as an owner. Oh, I, hear, I hear an echo for some reason. Yeah, I hear a little bit of it. Okay. Oh, okay. I think, uh, Andrew, do you have me on the, on the speaker there? Because I can, like, Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, we're working on that. Oh, okay. That's why. Uh, yeah, that's much better. Because I can hear. No wonder those guys on the radio always say to turn down your speakers. <laughs> now I get it. Oh, man, that is annoying. No wonder they get pissed off at those callers. <laughs> All right, so I finally kind of uh, sympathize with those guys, finally. Um, All right, so. Stephen Ross. Gate. I can. I there was. I heard on the sports radio. Adam Gase got the job, saying that he could make Ryan Tannehill maybe not an elite NFL quarterback, but a good one, like a really good one. And I'm I'm sure Stephen Ross plays favorites as the owner because he still has Mike Tannenbaum running the team. But he's as he can throw all the money in the world at the Dolphins. He has. He spent money on the stadium. He spent money on the team. Um, 
great great for an owner fantastic that's that's what you want in all you know franchises to have you know an owner that can do that but he just does not know how to do the management side the personnel side of running a football team he just doesn't mm -hmm. he has not hired the right people uh joe philbin didn't work uh adam gase isn't working uh, adam gase right now is more of a glorified offensive coordinator than anything else right now because uh it's been, and that that last quarter of that of that colts game was kind of proof that he's He's not really thinking like he, like like Charles said. He's not thinking of the game in all facets. Um, he's kind of got a set mind. He's actually pretty stubborn about it, and it's it's kind of bad when he's that young of a coach, and yet he's stubborn. He's not he's not really um, trying to evolve or trying to adapt to a situation. I, I haven't really seen it. It just seems like the Dolphins kind of do the same thing, and and they don't. He always they always pinned him as like a quarterback guru or this kind of offensive genius and that really isn't I mean he really isn't and I'd just rather clean house just clean house um, let's start over uh, kind of follow the I don't know the LA Rams model if you will and, and see see where it goes so yeah. the Dolphins suck yeah but they're amusing Okay. All right, guys. Um, I guess we're coming to the end of this. Unfortunately. Finally. So, uh, we had some some technical difficulty this time, but uh, we'll 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 work out the kinks next time. Um, make sure my computer doesn't suck as much next. <laughs> um, uh, if you guys give us enough support, then we will be able to get a true, honest to god gaming computer, and we can really take this to the next level. So mainly. Just speaking to my boss to give me a raise. Um, or we get sponsors. You were gonna audible.com. Uh, okay. Come on, you guys are throwing sponsorships to everyone, right? <laughs> loot crate. Can we get loot crate out here? Okay. How about uh, was it Wix.com or Squarespace? One of those guys. They keep throwing sponsorships to everybody. Um, but uh, we got finally got Charles in on this. So uh, thanks, Charles, for joining us. Uh, for for. For well, goofing thank you off. For having me. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew, once again, thank you for for stopping by. Of and, course. And I I meant to do this earlier. I'm gonna kind of end things on a sad note, I suppose. Oh. Um, but unfortunately today, Stephen Hillenburg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, passed away due to complications of ALS. Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, he was 57 years old, and just, I guess this is another non-sponsor, uh, Steven Hillenburg. Oh, yeah. And Nickelodeon for creating such an amazing show that really uh, meant a lot to me, both in my childhood and now, because it was just such an awesome show. Um, it's still going. It's going to be ending next season, I believe, next oh, year. Oh, thank goodness gracious. But back when it was in its heyday, there was nothing that could beat that show. I remember pissing my pants from uh, the, uh, was it the, the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy 3, where they actually fin they visited the, the Mermalair and they released the evil Man Ray. <laughs> God, that episode was so funny. I still remember right now. I'm freaking already chuckling. 
just thinking about it. Um, so yeah, rest in peace, dude. Um, so yeah, that kind of leaves us on a little bit of a sad note, but uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week with more sports. Um, maybe we could talk about Dwight Howard's situation. <laughs> uh, you know, he's having a little weird thing happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say anything further than that right now. Uh, no, no, no. I just wanted to leave that on a lighter note. Yeah. Um, so thank you everybody. Uh, there's probably going to be a thing here for YouTube, uh, on the left. There's probably another thing on the right and something on the bottom on the top. Uh, people, because that was another thing that they told me to mention when you finish a YouTube video. So thanks, everyone. Ciao. Take care. Bye-bye. Wait, hold on. Uh, I need to come up with my foreign language. Hmm? Spanish. Do Spanish. Adios. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody.